to show and tell now, shall we? Yo, yo, what is good, beautiful people of the world? I am a very cozy creator, K. Hashtag cozy season. Hashtag cozy boys. Hashtag cozy tapes volume one was better than cozy tapes volume two. And welcome to episode 19 of the show and tell podcast, a bi-weekly show. It's bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. I've been saying bi-monthly this whole time since I switched the show to two episodes per month. Thank you so much. Big shout out to VND for bringing this to my attention. He shot me a DM a couple days ago and was like, hey, I really like the show, but I just wanted to let you know that your show's not bi-monthly. <laughs> and uh, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh my God, he's right. So thank you VND for bringing this to my attention. Uh, I am slightly embarrassed about it, but I will grow from it and we can move on. So let's continue on with the show. It's a bi-weekly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. In this episode, there is no guest. It's just me. I'm riding solo. Creator K's in the house. In part one of this episode, I talk about freelance life from my perspective because I am a freelance artist. How I got into it, the benefits of doing it, the struggles in doing it, and what it's like hustling to get gigs. In part two, I share my experience running a Ragnar Relay over the summer and how I learned something very important about myself while doing it. With that said, it's time for show and tell. Yo, yo, what is good? It is your boy, Creator K. Sounded, that sounded like the most like dissatisfied, uninspiring intro I've ever done. I'll be straight up. I am still sick. I don't know if y'all remember in episode 17 with Rilla Force, I was saying I was kind of battling a little cold. But I woke up yesterday, and now my cold is even worse. Before, it was just kind of like a chest cold, just kind of a cough, nothing too serious. But now, my throat is sore, and my nasal passages are stuffed up. And, um, yeah, I, I was standing in the aisle to get cold medicine at the grocery store, and I'm like, this feels familiar. It's because I've been there almost every week for the last month and a half to get cold medicine. And as I said with Rilla, cold medicine's BS, but I'm still going to buy it because, I don't know, what does that say about me? I call it BS, I don't believe in it, yet I still buy it because I, I don't know, maybe it's just hope. I just, at this point, I just want to feel better already. I'm so sick. I wasn't going to record this podcast today either. I guess I should mention now, if you haven't already figured out by looking at the title, I don't have a guest with me today. I, I kind of do, but I don't. The, the guest that is kind of here is my little puppy who's sleeping next to me like a little cute boy. Yeah, he's so cute. He's, he's cute most of the time. Sometimes he's not when he likes to bite because he's a puppy and that's what puppies do. But um, yeah, I think he's also part of the reason why my girlfriend and I have been on this uh, run of sickness. Because when you get a puppy, if you know, if you've gotten a puppy before or if you don't, this is how you're going to learn. Oh, there's the radiator. Welcome to the show, radiator. Radiator noises from last episode are carrying over into this one. That's fantastic. So if, you do, if you've never had a puppy before or if you've had a dog or whatever, I'm just going to tell you how, how it goes down. When you get the puppy, usually it's about eight weeks and our puppy is a golden retriever. And you have to wake up periodically throughout the night to let them out to go to the bathroom because their little bladders are too small and they can't hold it throughout the night. So that just results in a very, very, very poor sleep schedule, lack of sleep, waking up in the middle of the night. And even now, since our puppy kind of sleeps through the night, I still wake up thinking that he's going to be, it's just like, it's totally jacked up our sleeping schedule. And because of that, we got a little bit of a cold and we haven't been able to get rid of it because we still aren't getting proper sleep, I would say. So anyway, 
But we out here. We out here in my studio in Boston where it's raining. It's kind of nice to be inside. I usually like rainy days. This isn't one of those kind, kinds of rainy days that I enjoy. It's very kind of miserable outside. But I hope that, you know, maybe if it's raining where you are, <laughs> when you're listening, I hope that maybe maybe I bring a little warmth into your life with uh, some ramblings. Because that's that's what this episode is going to be. It's just going to be me rambling probably a lot of a lot about myself because I don't really... I didn't prepare for this, I'll be honest. Straight up, I have been lacking some motivation lately. I didn't think I was really going to record this, not just because of the cold that I have, but because I just was, I don't know, feeling a lack of inspiration, motivation. You know, the the Thanksgiving break was also played into it because I was kind of traveling and I was hesitant to reach out to guests because I didn't know what their travel plans were, which is a stupid excuse. But um, next episode, I'll have a guest on for sure, which will be the third week in... December, which we're now in December. Yeah, wow. But yeah, we pushed through it, and that's why I'm recording this episode right now. To be honest, I last night and this morning I was not anticipating recording, primarily because of the way that my voice sounds right now, but also just because, again, just wasn't feeling very motivated to do so. But one, I think it's important to, if you got, if you can just tap into that little like bottom of the barrel bit of energy that you have, and you can capitalize off that and push forth on what you're trying to do, then you should do so. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I also am very much, to, to use the same analogy, scraping the bottom of the barrel. Because again, this ram- this episode is going to be a bunch of rambling. And two, I wanted to put out an episode for you guys. Because I love everyone who listens to these episodes. I love having guests on and giving them platforms to speak and have deeper conversations about life and, and art and stuff like that. So... You know, I don't want to leave anybody hanging without an episode to listen to. So if I can at least put something out where I'm just kind of talking and you guys can, you guys bear my voice, then cool. I was trying to figure out what to talk about on this episode because the last time that I had no guest on, I just kind of talked about my origin story as Creator K, why I started Show and Tell. So it's been over a year since I recorded that episode. I feel like the quality of episodes have gone up. I, I feel like it's a testament to repetition that these episodes have just gotten better. I just feel like I'm better on the mic. Ha, check one, two, one, two, one, two. I am wearing a hoodie that is blue. Yeah. I'm not a rapper, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like to think that when I listen back to these episodes, which always feels weird listening back to the episodes and hearing my voice, I always, I've been, I notice an uptick in just quality. So, um, Episode three was, yeah, I listened to that in, in some prep for this, so I made sure not to repeat too much of the same stuff. But I do kind of want to piggyback on some of the stuff that I said. So I'd love to share how I got into what I do, freelancing. I did kind of talk in episode three about, you know, why I am who I am, kind of why I do video, why I do graphic design. So it's not so much an expansion on that. It's more of an expansion on where I'm currently at, how I got to where I'm at, where I can work from home and have a steady job and not work for corporate America, work a nine to five. Maybe I can share some advice or wisdom or anecdotes on how I got to where I am now with working in freelance where I can work from home, which is a beautiful thing. I love being able to work from home. I don't get out that often as, or well, I don't get out as often as I would like to, or I use working from home and kind of having a freelance schedule as a crutch on not getting out. I'm already getting way too deep into it. <laughs> then I, this isn't the angle that I wanna go in. Anyway. So I've always had a little bit of difficulty explaining to people what it is exactly that I do in terms of, you know, within the field that I work in. So I am a freelancer. My main gig, my full-time gig is still freelance, but it pays a full-time wage. 
a wage that is able to fund my rent and groceries and Netflix and uh, clothes if I need to buy clothes and all of that stuff. Just like a normal paying job, but it's still freelance hours and I'm not totally, totally tied down to it. That's one of the beautiful things is that I can still pursue other things that I want to do, which you can still do if at a job where you're kind of like a full-time employee and you get health benefits and are on a salary and whatnot. If you have a boss that's nice, they'll let you... <laughs> They'll let you pursue other things. It's not only when you're a freelancer that you're able to do so. But for me, it's that that's how it is. So I can I can do other things as I want. I can I can pick up other gigs. But I do have one main one, which is really nice because if uh, freelance world is fucking hard, <laughs> let's just start there. Freelance world is fucking hard. Getting gigs is difficult, especially when you're starting out, and even when you're not just starting out. It, any at any point, you never know when the next paycheck is going to come. You never know when the next gig is going to come. You never know how much the next gig is going to pay. And if you know, am I going to have to make, or am I going to have to perform on five different projects and then I'm set for the month, or am I going to have to do 20 different projects and I'm set for the month because they pay a little bit less? That is something that I really, really went through between January to about August, this this past January to August for about six months. So let's rewind a little bit and tell you how I got there. Hey, this is Creator K and this is how I got here. So going back, I work for a content creator, internet content creator, social media content creator, Jimmy Conrad, Conradinho, shout out all the warm ballers out there. Uh, I know that there are a fair amount of you who listen to this podcast because you guys have followed me through what I do with him, which is uh, which is dope. Much love to you guys, hey, and and also much love to everyone else. I don't I don't just want to single them out. I, I love all the listeners out there. So yeah, I work for Jimmy Conrad, and it's always been kind of weird explaining that because it's like, oh, you just work for one person, and yes, I do. It, it I work for one person because he is the person on camera. It's his brainchild. It's his media outlet, and I am the video editor slash producer. Sometimes I pop up on camera as well. But um, but it's it's his. It, it it is a company. He has a company, but it's it's just him. It's it's much easier to say that. I edit for a YouTuber, or I edit for a social media content creator, and it's uh, all the stuff is based around soccer, soccer content. So how did I get this cool ass job that still allows me to be free, allows me to be creative, and allows me to have creative freedom? When you combine the two, you get freedom, create creativity, creative freedom. Yeah, you feel me? How did I get this gig? Um, Twitter. I got it through Twitter. Without trying to overlap too much with the other episode where I didn't have a guest, I applied to a few jobs when I graduated from college. Didn't really get many nibbles. I did have one interview that was in Boston for this company that I won't name because uh, I didn't, it just was not. As soon as I got there, I knew it wasn't for me. Even before I got to the job interview, I, I knew it wasn't for me because I don't know if you guys are familiar with Glassdoor. It's where people who have worked for companies or currently or whatever it may be, they can write reviews on companies and what it was like to work for them. You can also find out salaries like so you know that you're asking for a proper salary and, and whatnot. But this one company, all of, the re- <laughs> all of the reviews were terrible. I think one of the positive reviews was that this job is great because you work next to the T so you can hurl yourself out the window onto the train tracks. So, so I, I went into it and it, it, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't even get offered the job anyways, but I was in Boston. So anyway, I was kind of trying to figure out what exactly it is that I would want it to be doing. So I took that year of, of living at home and a friend of mine 
shout out Andrew, posted in a group chat on Facebook that Jimmy Conrad, who is somebody who used to work for a media outlet called Kick TV on YouTube, they were a big YouTube channel, he was starting out, I think maybe he wasn't starting out at this point, but he was on his own. He was making his own YouTube videos, and he was looking for people to build a team with, uh, editors, graphic designers, whatever. So Andrew showed me that tweet, and I responded to it immediately, probably like at 11 or 12, like 11 p.m., 12 a.m., and he got back to me uh, maybe a couple days later. I don't think it was the next day or anything, but a couple days later he got back to me, and and it just kind of went from there without getting into the nitty-gritty of our communication back and forth. I'd actually be kind of interested in reading those emails back just to see because it's been now it's been almost or going on four years that I've been working with him, which is wild. So I got the job through Twitter. So yeah, I got the job through Twitter. It's like, it's such a weird thing. I feel like I didn't really work hard enough for it. But I also know that I did because up until that point, I was building a portfolio, I was doing work with different people, I was diversifying the type of work that I was doing. So you know, he wouldn't have hired me if he didn't like the, the portfolio that I sent him. But at the same time, it just happened. It's just, I just got really lucky because he told me that I was one of the first two or three people to email him back. You know, he, he looked, he opened my email first. One of the first people to, to have their emails open was me. If I had waited until the next morning, he wouldn't have responded. And I would have just been in his stack of emails that just never got opened. And I wouldn't have this job right now. You know, that's not to say I would never, I wouldn't, I'd be on the streets and I wouldn't have any kind of cool job. I would have figured it out, but I wouldn't have had this really cool gig. It started out as a part-time gig, I guess you could say. I was kind of doing one to two videos per week, taking on just individual projects. And he was bringing on other people who were taking on other projects. But slowly over time, I uh, just started absorbing more projects and doing more to the point where I was working for him on a daily basis and to the point where I could move to Boston because I was making enough money and I had saved up and And yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at now. We started up a brand called Warm Ballers, which I shouted out earlier. It's kind of not running anymore. It still exists in spirit because it's kind of just an extension of Jimmy's brand. But I was working on that for a while, making merch, doing social media. And I hope one day that that'll get kicked back up. I'm sure it will. We just kind of need to give it some more TLC. And I wasn't able to do so at the time. None of us really were able to do so because we were trying to push, excuse me, on on multiple different fronts. So now we're kind of back to where we're at now, which is which is working full time for him. And then that leads me to January of 2019. Yeah, so almost a year ago now, things were kind of getting a little stale on YouTube, the views were kind of drying up, we were trying to figure out why but nothing seemed to be clicking as much the passion from from a few of us, but Jimmy in particular wasn't there. That's kind of one of the things that you know, with this job is like, you can prove your worth as much as possible. But if the person you're working for just suddenly is like, eh, I don't really want to do this anymore, then you're shit out of luck. <laughs> you got to go find another job. That's kind of what happened. That's not exactly what happened. But uh, Jimmy got an opportunity to work with Twitch, which is live streaming, doesn't require as much editing. So I was a little bit rendered obsolete. So for six months, I was still working with him. I just wasn't full time. So at that point, I had to pick up more gigs. And I hadn't really done full freelance up up until that point before I had done freelance gigs, but I hadn't been a full-time freelancer because I was in school 
for the other part of the time when I was doing kind of freelance gigs, just picking up random things. This was the first time where I was like, wow, okay, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta push really hard because I don't want to go work for some stupid company in the city, having to commute to a job that I don't like working nine to five and totally jacking up my, my workflow because I had built this workflow where I could take advantage of the time that I had where I was, you know, waiting for footage to get sent my way or downloading stuff or, or exporting a video where I could work on other things without having to leave my house, which was, which was great. I'm sure again, would have figured it out if I had to go to another job, but I just was really comfortable in a, in a positive way with where I was at. So I didn't really want to pick up any other jobs. So I took on full freelance, freelance creator K full, full-time creator K has evolved into freelance creator K. And I don't know if that was actually an evolution. It was more of a de-evolution because I was making more money and then I wasn't all of a sudden. And I was also, I guess this sounds bad, but I was working not, I wasn't working as hard. Um, it's not that I wasn't working hard, but I knew that I had to work a lot harder to get at least as much money as I was earning before. And if you if you worked in freelance before, I'm sure I have plenty of listeners out there who are freelance artists or just musical artists or whoever, you know, you're, you're working for yourself is what I'm trying to say. I'm sure you, you guys know where I'm coming from and what I'm trying to say in that because you got to work super, super hard uh, compared to when you have a steady job where you know, you still want to work hard or at least, you know, I, no matter what I'm doing, I want to put in 110%, but it's easier to get a little complacent. So I bring that up because up until that point, like I said, I wasn't doing any freelance full time, but I figure, you know what, let's take on some, some freelance gigs. Let's do some of the stuff that I was doing in college that kind of helped create who Creator K is. And let's get back to those roots. Because I, one, of the, my, one of my main points was that as much as I loved the gig that I had and that I have now for, for the last, at that point, it was like two and a half years, I kind of lost who I was. I was working so heavily for one person and I injected myself into the product for sure. Because with video editing and especially because a lot of it was comedy, I got, I injected the humor or I, or I played off of the humor that Jimmy provided, but I was kind of. I was just losing who I was and what I enjoyed doing prior to, to this gig. I was, you know, I was shooting music videos. I was just doing fun little projects, which is something that Ben Bursell and I talked about in the last episode, just taking time to do fun projects. I didn't have as much time to do that. I, I wasn't working with as many people in the field that I truly wanted to work in, um, which was just the arts and music. So I took it as an opportunity to do so. And for six months, I was taking on other gigs. There's a lot of cover artwork, mostly cover artwork. So it's, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was hard and annoying and rewarding because of how much you had to grind or how much I had to grind for the gigs that I got. And every single dollar that I had earned was, was really validating and rewarding and was a sign that I was really working hard. But at the same time, it sucked a lot out of me. Those six months for my mental health was not good. It really wasn't. And I don't know if that just says that I, maybe I didn't give it long enough. Maybe I was a little weak minded and wasn't able to just stay diligent. And maybe I got a little impatient, but I, uh, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't like it. So when the first opportunity came back where Jimmy said, Hey, I want to bring you back on full time. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because I was so, so stressed about money and that was making me, I guess it wasn't necessarily that the, the money was making me unhappy, but it was just the, 
the stress of, of not knowing if I was going to make what I needed to make to live to, that sounds so dramatic, not to live, but to, to continue living how I was living, to continue to be able to pay rent, to continue to put money away and save, because if you're a freelancer, you know how important having like an IRA or, or some sort of future security plan is for, for finances. I wanted to be able to continue to contribute to that. And I was seeing my bank account kind of go down. It was either that or it was like, again, I took on like 20 different projects and they were paying like $50 each or whatever it was. And it wasn't that great. And I, it was just a slog. And I kind of realized maybe, okay, maybe this isn't exactly what I want to be doing. Um, maybe that maybe being a freelance artist is at this point right now, I don't really think that maybe that's what I should be doing. So when, again, when that opportunity came back to to work with Jimmy again, I took it because I just wanted that security. I wanted that financial security. I wanted kind of just to feel a little bit more, I wanted the work to feel a little bit more fruitful because at times, even though it was very validating, it was fun to create creative projects for other musical artists, whether it was cover art or just some sort of promotional graphics and whatnot, you know, connect with people and communicate professionally on that level with other people who are kind of in the thick of pushing forth. That, that's that's one of the things is like being an artist working for other artists sucks. It's it's like no one has any money. No one has any money to give. And rightfully so. Everyone's trying to cut costs and be frugal with their money because you need money to succeed to some extent. For, for someone like me, I'm not it's not like I was getting hired by people who have racks on racks on racks of money. Of course not. I was getting hired by people who were trying to make their their way in the arts. So they weren't going to have a lot of money to begin with. So, you know, knowing that I was going to be paid a monthly wage or a salary or whatever you want to call it was kind of motivating enough to go back to my main gig. And that's where I'm at now. So here I am again, balancing the work that provides a living, pays the bills, and also funds other endeavors like show and tell, doing other creative things, things that I want to be doing, fun passion projects, all that good stuff with the work that is at times a little bit more fruitful, the work that I truly, truly want to be doing, the, the work that makes me feel like, yes, this is exactly why I'm on this earth right now. That's where I'm at, balancing that again. And I think those six months kind of gave me a good perspective on uh, what it was I should be doing. Kind of like, I don't know, just kind of flushed out where I, where I was at and where I wanted to be going and you know what was right for me, what necessarily wasn't clicking at the time and how I could make it click a little bit better. So maybe I'll go back into freelance one day. I'll always have that desire to do more than just one thing. Sometimes I get a little stuck when I'm doing the same thing over and over again. I think that's just human nature. And I always want to do more. So I would love that. I mean, that is really truly my dream job. If anyone were to ask me what my dream job is, and it's it's kind of just doing a lot of different fun shit. <laughs> like I'd, show and tell is, is first and foremost right now in my sight line of, of what I want to be doing. But I also, if someone were to hit me up and say, hey, can you design cover art for this album? I'm not going to be like, no, you know, I'm doing this one thing. I, I would love to. I would love to just spread myself out and just do a variety of things. And I think that's, yeah, that goes back to the last episode with Ben. I think it's important to kind of just, if you have multiple different skills or talents or, or interests, it's important to pursue all of them because it's fun. It keeps things fresh keeps things from being stale, which is what keeps things fresh means. That's just uh, redundant at that point. Yeah, it just makes you a more well-rounded person when it comes to getting jobs. I didn't really want to end that off on a, on a professional note. 
<laughs> about getting jobs and stuff because that that shit just stresses me out. Uh, I don't. I just yeah. I uh, I was hoping to end maybe more on a on a spiritual note. But um, yeah, thanks for letting me share that stuff with you guys, giving me the platform. If you're still listening, appreciate y'all listening. Maybe there's a little bit of bits and pieces of information there for you fellow freelancers out there or, or people who are considering pursuing a career in freelance where you're working for yourself. Maybe there's some stuff in there that might, you know, relate to you or, or might give you some advice. I don't know. <laughs> or yeah, maybe uh, this just really has been a, a, a rant or a ramble, uh, a plethora of tangents in which that you guys can listen to and uh, I'll probably listen back to when I edit this and, and see many things that I want to cut out because I just, I'm very hypercritical of myself and I need not be that hypercritical of myself all the time. That's another thing that I won't get super into, but yeah, I'm very, uh, I get very down on myself and I don't know if I mentioned this on episode three when I talked about the future beat show, but one of the things that I really liked that complexion mentioned was something along the lines of we need to talk to ourselves as if we're talking to our best friend. We're not going to berate our best friend with a lot of vulgar language. Maybe it's just me who does this, but if I have an idea that's maybe not the best, or if I kind of like had a little error on one of my projects or something, I, I immediately jump to negative language towards myself. Um, like, oh, that was so stupid, dude. Come on, that was so stupid. You wouldn't talk to your best friend like that, you know, in a serious way. So. We need to do more about that. We need to to build ourselves up, be our own best friends. And I'm saying this, I'm not good at that right now. I'm not good at that. <laughs> it's kind of just playing into the whole, to everything else that the lack of motivation, all that shit that I didn't want to go back to. I didn't want to talk about that stuff anymore. God damn it. But yeah, right there, that's kind of an example. I was, I was joking, but um, yeah, we just got to be nicer to ourselves. We just got to be nicer, be chill. We got to be homies with ourselves because then we can be homies with other people. Ha <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there's another, another one of those little rants, little tangents that I was talking about before to end off part one on. I will be back in part two to share another little story that I've been wanting to share uh, for a little bit, but I don't share stuff on part two anymore. So uh, here's my opportunity to do so. So I'll be back after I get some tea. I need so much tea right now. I didn't get it for part one and have it next to me. So my throat was on fire. So I'm going to go take care of that. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Show and Tell podcast. I got my tea. It's right next to me. It's at that perfect temperature between scalding hot, I'm going to burn your tongue, and you better drink me in the next 30 seconds or I'm going to be ice cold. So here we are for part two of the show. This is the show and tell portion of the show. Show, 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 Shoshana. Remember her from Inglorious Bastards? Shoshana! Au revoir, Shoshana! Yeah, remember her? She was tough. I wouldn't want to mess with her if I found myself in a movie theater and she was uh, the owner. Or Yeah, this is the part of the show where I ask the guest to bring in an item of significance or share a story, perhaps. Something that means a lot to them that they want to share with the audience why you might like it too, or why you might connect with this person through this item. But since there is no guest and it is just I speaking to you, I do have something to share, something that you might enjoy listening to, but it's something I definitely um, would like to talk about. Towards the end of the show, I do have some other things, some music projects, some uh, movies or TV shows, some just things that you guys might mess with, some more tangible items. But right now I just want to share an experience that I had over this past summer, and that was a Ragnar Relay. 
If you don't know this about me already, I'm an athletic person. I was born into a very athletic family. I was, I, you know, I've been competing in sports for my entire life. Soccer, most specifically, I played soccer in high school, played very shortly in college, and now I still play in co-ed leagues once or twice a week. I like to stay in shape. I'm probably not doing as good of a job uh, right now at that as I was when I was in high school because, um, yeah, you know, just co college lifestyles catch up to you a little bit, but I still work at it. Anyway, this summer I ventured on a journey that I never thought I would do or would be able to complete, and that is a Ragnar Relay. So a Ragnar Relay is a running event, and you usually have a team of X amount of runners, and you all run X amount of miles, which you know ends up being the full, the full race, however long it is. And normally it's a road race. For example, the one that usually happens in Boston, you start in Boston or, or in Weymouth, which is just south, south, excuse me, just south of Boston, kind of right near where the Cape starts, and you run all the way along the Cape, Cape Cod, that is, and you finish in Provincetown, and you have, uh, I don't know, runners of, or teams of six to eight, and you run three miles, then you hop in a van, and you travel alongside while the next teammate runs three miles, so on and so forth. I'm really not even that familiar with the that form of the Ragnar. I should probably just explain the one that I was participating in. This one was in Vermont. It was a trail race. For those of you with bad knees, you'll feel me on this one. Running on the road or on the sidewalk or any hard surface uh, when you have bad knees because of sports that you played where there was a lot of cutting and your cartilage just, just, is just completely destroyed, it sucks. So running on a trail was a lot more appealing to me. So my friends, shout out Chris and Elena, came to me, you know, whenever it was early summer, asking if I wanted to run in this Ragnar Relay because they had a team going. And it was this trail race that was up and down a mountain. And it may have been a couple of the beers that I had had, but I said yes. I was like, yes, I absolutely want to do this. It's an excuse to continue running and to just stay in shape and lead a healthier lifestyle. So it was like the perfect excuse to do that. So this Ragnar race, we had eight people on our team. It was in Vermont, as I said, and it was an overnight race. There was no van involved, so no one had to sleep in a van, but we did sleep at a campsite. The race per person, per individual runner was about 15 miles long, I think. And prior to that, I had never run more than a 5K race. I had run, you know, I played soccer, so I was running on average seven to nine miles in a game. But one, that's soccer, it's a little bit different. It's not a consistent run. You're sometimes walking, sometimes you're sprinting. But I was, and I was also in high school. So my, like my level of endurance was way, way better. I was, you know, running every single day or doing some sort of physical exercise every single day. So, you know, after that, I had really only done the 5K races. So this race was about 15 miles. It broke up into three legs, a 3.1, which is a 5K, a 4.7 mile run and a 7.5 or just a seven. I can't really remember that well. I probably should have looked it up, but it's around that. And they kind of added up together and you ran it over the course of about 36 hours. So I was the second leg, meaning that when the first person went, she ran out and did her 5K. As soon as she got back, I went out and did my 4.7 mile. And then I get back, the third person goes, so on and so forth. And then it eventually rotates back to me. And the reason I wanna talk about this is because I'll say it now and I'll say it again at the end. I had no idea I was capable of, of what I did. I truly had no idea that I was capable of what I did. And that is something that I realized on the first leg of my race. When I was training, you know, I was probably doing max three miles <laughs> to think back. I was doing three mile runs on a, on a flat surface, not any incline. That's the thing with this race is that it's up a mountain. So 
you know, the, the longest leg, which was about seven miles was, uh, I want to say like 1800 foot incline. So I had really not trained adequately. I don't think, I mean, I, I was training, I had a, I had a good amount of head start in terms of the time that I started training at, but yeah, I went into it kind of being a little afraid that I wasn't going to be able to finish it or that I was going to have to walk a lot of it. And I did, I did have to walk a decent amount of it, maybe like a third of it in total, because I just, you know, there was, a, to be honest, everybody was, had to walk certain parts of it because it was so steep, but I, um, yeah, i never really had run that much before. Like I said, like race wise, five K's training wise, four, four miles, I should say, I don't remember I did a four mile run. But the whole race was 15 miles, so what was I going to do? I didn't. I just had no idea how it was going to go. And about two miles into it, I stopped running for the first time, and I, I slowed to a walk. And then uh, normally when that happens, that's it. That's game over. I keep walking. You know, if I'm running on the road or just doing some sort of run in the morning, wherever it may be, in, in the woods or, or whatever, if I stop running, I'm, I'm done after that because it's all mental at that point. I hit the mental block. Yeah, I just stopped. And in this race, I stopped and started about seven to 10 times. And each time I started to run again, I said, wow, I didn't know that I was capable of doing that because I had never done it before. Yeah, it was quite, it was, it was crazy because you were pretty much, you just ran and then you came back to base and it just felt everyone who was involved, everyone was in it for the same reason that was just to better themselves. You know, you, you would get passed by people on the course or you would pass other people and everyone was so encouraging because you all were sharing that same experience. So I highly recommend if, you know, you're looking to do some sort of physical exercise or want to like do a race that's maybe not a marathon because I definitely don't want to do a marathon. <laughs> that's just like a little, I don't have no desire for that. Uh, but if you want to do some sort of race and set a goal, a Ragnar is really cool, especially a trail one. It, it just adds a like, another layer to it where you are climbing up and down a mountain going over rocks and roots and just uneven terrain and being in the forest. I, I set up some of the best music playlists I've ever set up for that. And when the music hit just right, not only did it just power me on in the run, but mentally it just leveled me out or it pumped me up depending on what the song was that came on. It was, it was beautiful. The music just really accentuated everything. And I learned so much about myself. Again, I had no idea absolutely no idea that I was capable of doing that. You know, I thought I was just maybe a four mile runner tops and I did 15 miles broken up over three legs. And yeah, I am kind of bragging about it because I'm very proud of myself. But so I try to tap into that energy from time to time. If I'm feeling a little bit unconfident in anything that I'm doing, I try to tap into that energy because you truly are capable of more than you know, you really, really are. And even if you think you're capable of certain things, you're capable of, of even more than that. So if you don't necessarily reach your goals immediately, that it doesn't mean that you're not capable of reaching those goals. So that's my little anecdote. Maybe you guys get something out of that. Ever since I did it, I wanted to share it on the show, but since I don't really share anything, I like to have the guest have the limelight. I wanted to take this opportunity to share that with you guys. So yeah, the Ragnar Relay was really cool. Really, really cool. So. Let's move on to a couple recommendations that I have. Just, uh, just, just some quick things that you guys might enjoy. Some albums that I've heard lately that I might have even shared on Show and Tell, so you might already know about them. But I wanted to talk about them with my voice and not with my typing words. So the first album I stumbled upon on Spotify on Discover Weekly, I believe, because it's not that new of an album. It came out in 2018, but it is by an artist who goes by the name of Moses Sumney. 
and the album is called A Romanticism, and it is just truly beautiful. Moses's voice is just so touching. It is very pure sounding. Apparently, he came to Boston Calling. My friend Aiden told me about that. I don't know if he said he saw him or not, but um, he's definitely pretty well known to be doing shows like that, so he's definitely not that underground. I feel like there's probably a, a good amount of you who might have heard of him, but I would definitely recommend definitely definitely recommend listening to that album my favorite track is difficult to pick the first one that i heard was don't bother calling which is track two that one is in our main playlist right now but the one that really really hit home was doomed and not only did i listen to that song on repeat i listened to the whole album three times that day <laughs> the first time i heard it and i came back to it in the afternoon because it affected me that much immediately and then i played it again for jordan my girlfriend when she came home from work uh, partially because I wanted to listen to it again, but also because I wanted to share it with her. So I highly recommend checking it out if you're really into or if you're in a mellow mood, you're kind of in your feelings a little bit, you want to just something to kind of just carry you off uh, gracefully into the into the atmosphere. So yeah, A Romanticism by Moses Sumney. The second one is a, is a Netflix show, which I haven't watched the new season of, but if you haven't already heard of Peaky Blinders, I highly recommend watching Peaky Blinders. Uh, it's really popular, so and it's been out for a while. It's held up, so it hasn't like got canceled or anything. But um, I'm sure plenty of you have seen it. But uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite shows, purely just because of how it's shot. It just looks great. It sounds great. The whole production value of it is very, very high. The acting in it is very good. I'm a big fan of Tom Hardy, who shows up uh, in season two. Killian Murphy is really excellent. Sometimes it's a little hard to follow because it can be a little bit slow or the, the accents are a little bit thick, but it's definitely the type of show where you really have to pay attention or else you're gonna miss something crazy, like out of the blue, something will happen um, that's high energy or, or really throws the plot line in a different direction. So I highly recommend watching that. It's on Netflix. Uh, I wanna give a quick shout out to Night Swim Radio. You know them by now if you have been following us for a while. Night Swim has been on the Twitch stream game for a while now. Mad respect. It's always fun when I can to tune in to the show. Uh, it's very fun, just a fun atmosphere, chilling with homies, people that you don't know, but they're there for the same reason. So it's very easy to connect with them over good music, good chats, good hangs. Diamond's always picking good music to play, always keeping things light. And, you know, he's doing a lot of things for the community, doing a lot of things for charity. So I definitely recommend you follow Night Swim Radio on social media or follow them on Twitch. Just Try to tune into a Twitch stream from time to time or whenever you get the chance because it's just a good time. You might see me in there. I might say, say what's up. I might say what's up back and then I'll duel you because you got these little like video game characters when you're in the chat uh, or when you're on the stream and you can duel each other. So come through and duel me and then then tell me how you feel, okay? The, the last thing that I have written down, which I want to share, is another album. It is Snub Nose by Grip. I think it might be the best rap album of the year. A lot of people are going to disagree with that. I might even disagree with that because I'm so, you know, I bounce back and forth with my ideas. I really liked Revenge of the Dreamers 3 by Dreamville. I really liked IDK's album, but I, I just, this Grip album is really, really good. It's got a common theme to it that, that you know, I don't necessarily relate to per se, uh, but I can follow along and I can latch onto it and it keeps me engaged. The flows are fucking dope. The bars are dope. The beats are incredible. That's probably my favorite part about it. The production is really, really cool. It's got some good features. Some of my favorite artists are featured on it, Mick Jenkins being one of them. I always love a good Mick Jenkins feature. So I highly recommend checking that one out as well. You might have already heard it. You might have already heard me talk about it. 
but some of the songs are in the bars playlist some of the songs are in the main show and tell playlist and yeah you should just go listen to it it's one of my favorite favorite albums that's come out in a while so that about wraps things up i don't really have anything to share in terms of something i didn't learn in school i probably will in the future but to be honest right now my head is not in the clearest state as i've mentioned before i'll be honest i did pause the podcast and try to think of something but i came up with nothing so you know i'm not afraid to admit it we're all human we'll just leave it at that a few things before i let y'all go one thank you for listening truly means a lot that you've given me the chance to give you some i don't know give make a make your day a little better or something I don't get as much of a chance when I have a guest on to express that, so I'm expressing it now. Thank you so much. Much love. Again, much love to VND for telling me that my show is bi-weekly and not bi-monthly. <sighs> Still a little bit embarrassed about that one, but we'll move on. I'll become a better person. I'll grow from it. Number two, the main show and tell playlist on Spotify, which before was just called the main show and tell playlist. It's now called Sharing is Caring because sharing is caring. I don't need, you know, you know what that means by now. You knew what it meant before show and tell even started or before it even came a thing. Sharing is caring. I didn't come up with that myself. But yeah, the show and tell playlist is now called Sharing is Caring. Sharing the dopest bumps from myself and friends because sharing is caring. I want to share good music with you guys. Number three, if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on social media at Let's Show and Tell. Let's Show and Tell one at gmail.com. If you prefer email, no one has yet. But hey, you might be a trendsetter if you want to shoot us an email. We got new stickers which I sent out to a few people who reached out via social media. They're, uh, they got some logos on it. One of them says sharing is caring. So if you want a sticker and you're a listener, hit up Let's Show and Tell on social media and I'll send them to you free of charge because that's, you know, trying to get the name out there. And uh, also the stickers are really cool. So if you're into stickers and you need to put some stickers on your laptop, make it less naked, rep the brand, hit me up and I will sort that out for you. Number four, if you would like to give a rating and review on iTunes, only if it's nice and says nice things about me and says that I am a kind and cool human being and the show is also kind and cool, feel free to do that. Number five, Killer Kowalski's EP, Yay, is out now. I'm giving that shit a plug because he was on episode number one, so all of the OG listeners will remember that we talked about his EP that was in the works and how it was kind of taking a while to come out. That was about a year ago, and now it's officially out, so now, you can listen to it. It's on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. That's iTunes isn't a thing anymore. Apple Music. So you should go listen to it. Give it a listen. Give it a bump. Give it a give it a whirl. Give it a give it a lick. If you're into that kind of thing, if you if you uh, experience taste when you listen to music, kind of like how what is it? Kanye sees colors when he listens to music. Well, he's not the only one. I I believe that. But I feel like didn't Kanye say something that was like I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. And that's it. Thank you so much again for listening. If you like the show, share it with a friend because sharing is caring. Peace.